You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. On this Saturday, June 20th, is it? I think it is. How's everybody feeling? Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hope everybody is having a, a wonderful weekend as we, of course, lead up to Father's Day tomorrow. Is it the Gordon Damer Show, but just kind of popped in it? Not usually our time slot here, but uh, two hours in a row. We're going to do one hour, then another hour. We'll take you up until 2 o'clock, at which time uh, Anita Marks comes your way. Anita will take you up to the Belmont Stakes. They're still running the Belmont Stakes. Not going to cancel that. And we need the, I need the Belmont Stakes, mainly because my FanDuel account has been dormant for so long. That money is burning a hole in my pocket. So we, over the course of these next two hours, we got to find a horse. Ty Butler, producer extraordinaire. We will figure out a way, even without knowing anything about horse racing. We are going to find a horse because this money, as I said, burning a hole in my pocket. I can't guarantee. But chances are, right, we got two hours, 120 minutes consecutively. Chances are baseball will do something over the next two hours to embarrass themselves. Now, I know what you're saying. Gordon, come on. What's left to embarrass themselves? Don't worry. They will find something. I don't know what it's going to be. And it kind of boggles the imagination that there would still be options after all the ways that embarrass themselves already. But just because you can't think of it, just because I can't think of it, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And even more, certainly, they will figure out a way to pull them off. you got the next coaching search. That list continues. We'll try to figure out who's the most likely to uh, use that to NBA snitch line as part of their return to play. But it's been a while. But it is Saturday. And we will have our net picks and chill review for this week. Give you a couple of options, which i got to be honest, it's not been easy. Usually, the reason why I came up with Netflix and Chill is because, you know, in this day and age of streaming, it used to be there was just way too much material and too little time to get through it all. So as a guy who, you know, has a lot of free time, I figured, you know, let me be the, let me be the source to kind of go through all this material, filter it and tell you what's good, what's not. But now in this day and age of the pandemic that we're living through, that's kind of reversed. Because I don't know about you, but I've been in the house so long, now it's becoming I got too much time and not nearly enough material. But we'll get into that over the course of the next two hours. But let's begin with the uh, you know obvious headline yesterday, the obvious headline today, because there's no, been no resolution to it as of yet, the Jamal Adams situation. Our Rich Samini reporting uh, yesterday that Adams, unhappy with the contract negotiations, has requested a trade. And the whale of a guy that Jamal is... He, on his own, came up with a list of teams that he would be interested in joining. Isn't that nice? I mean, really, helping the Jets out in the process. Joe Douglas, I'm sure, is saying, well, let me get right on that. Like he's taking orders at a restaurant. Oh, Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa Bay is on the list as well. Okay. All right. Let me write that down. So how does it turn out? Does he get his deal early? Does he get traded? Does he hold out? All right. We'll get into this. 1-800-919-ESPN. Let's start with what we know, and then we'll kind of filter out to what we think. And there's no way really to know how it's going to turn out right now, but let's start with what we know. And what we know is that Jamal Adams is a fantastic player, a Pro Bowl player, an All-Pro player, which is far different than a Pro Bowl player. But Jamal Adams is a completely unreasonable person. He has shown himself time and time again to be a completely 
reasonable person. Cast your mind back to last football season. Well, we were all just living the dream. We didn't know it then, but we were. When the report came out about the Jets fielding calls about Jamal Adams, you can put whatever term you want. They were shopping him. They weren't shopped. They were accepting calls. And during those calls, the name Jamal Adams came up. How did Jamal react to that news? He became completely unglued. Even though the team made it clear they had no interest in trading him, they weren't planning on trading him, never came close to trading him, never made calls to trade him. Jamal went nuts. Didn't want to talk to the coach, didn't want to talk to the GM. Finally, before talking to the coach or the GM... Jamal talked to the media. You remember. That's when he compared himself to Aaron Donald and Tom Brady. The two-time defensive player of the year and the guy who's been to nine Super Bowls. And keep in mind, when they decided to take calls on Jamal Adams, the Jets, I believe, at that point, were a 1-7 in football team. That's unreasonable. It's unreasonable to react that way to that piece of news. Meanwhile, he was so upset, so incensed about not being on the Jets. It was such an insult to him that when somebody floated the idea about his uh, his desire to play to the Cowboys, he had plenty of thoughts on that. All right, so they patch it up, however, right? He comes, he plays, the, the team puts whatever. They tell him he want him to be a Jet for life. The owner comes out, say they love Jamal. They don't want him going anywhere. They'll talk to him after the draft. The draft has come. The draft is gone. And keep in mind, like people are saying, oh, this is a negotiation. It's really not from Jamal's point of view. He wants his contract. And what does he want in that contract? Well, According to all reports, he wants to be the highest paid safety in football. He wants to be the highest paid Jets player. Some reports, we, I mean, I won't consider this part of it right now. Some reports are he wants $20 million a year. Let's leave that out. Let's just go with he wants to be the highest paid safety in football. He wants to be the highest paid Jets player. And he wants it all right this second. He's done waiting. Completely unreasonable, especially considering... The Jets still plan on making him the highest paid safety. They have, they've come out, said repeatedly, they have no interest in trading him. All the reports, even after this incident, they have no interest in trading him. And oh yeah, don't know if you've noticed, maybe you've heard, there's a little uncertainty surrounding the league right now because of the pandemic. Is the season going to start on time? It's almost like the scene from, uh, from, from Goodfellas. Is the season going to start on time? Scratch you. Pay me. Are there going to be fans in the stands? Scratch you. Pay me. I'm going with scratch. I can't, you know, obviously. If there are no fans in the stands, well, the, the salary cap, according to some reports, could be reduced by like 70 to $80 million. Don't care. Pay me. Well, Gordon, when there are teams that cut their players from contracts, they're considered shrewd. But when players want a new contract, they're considered selfish. Well, to move to a different movie, as they say in The Godfather, it's the business you've chosen. I get that it's not a fair system. And if you want to have that conversation, we can all agree it's not really a fair system. 
But it is the system, and it's the system you signed up for. But Gordon, he should get his contract down. He could suffer a significant injury. His dad suffered a significant injury. Football players have a short shelf life. They've got to get their money as soon as possible. Well, look, if you're if high up on your list of concerns is about the possibility of a significant injury, newsflash, you probably shouldn't play football. Well, he just wants to get paid. Well, not entirely. Because he says that, at least according to the reports, and I'm, that's what I'm going on, that he will not demand a contract if he gets traded to one of the teams he wants to play for. Which is really just a roundabout way of saying he doesn't want to play for the Jets. And that's really the bottom line. He wants to be off the Jets. Jamal thinks the Jets, for whatever reason, work for him, not the other way around. So ask yourself this question. If, if Jamal's position is a reasonable one, or whether or not this is just all a ploy to get out of here and get his contract and get it someplace else. He has two buttons in front of him. One button is he gets his extension with the Jets next season, which it seems at this point, right, just reading the tea leaves, it's pretty clear that's where the Jets would prefer to do it, right? After the fourth season, especially considering we don't even know if there's going to be a season, what form it's going to take. But the first button is, Jamal gets his extension with the Jets after next season. The other one is he gets his extension by someone else right now. Which button do you think he's pushing? He's made it pretty clear. He just wants his money. There's nothing about the Jets or being a Jet for life. I think we need to stop saying that like he has any interest in being a Jet for life. He wants to be paid for life, and he wants to be paid right now. Well, Gordon, it's just all the losing is getting to Stop it. There's nothing to do with the lose. I'm sure he would prefer not to lose. Everybody hates to lose. Every team, every player in a losing situation, they all say they hate to lose. I'm sure they do. If you're playing something and it's your job, I would think that you would hate to lose at it. This has nothing to do with the losing with the Jets. And here's another question. If you pay him, Right now, with all that that entails, the uncertainty, not knowing what the salary cap's going to be, are you really sure he's going to be happy long-term? That, to me, would be one of the first questions I have to answer. Let's say we all can agree that Jamal deserves a raise. He's He should be one of the foundational players of the team. You don't have that many great players to begin with. He is clearly one of them. But let's leave all the other stuff out of it about the safety position. Is that a position you built? Forget about that. If you pay him, are you confident that he's going to be happy long term? Now, you might say, well, he's just doing this to get his contract. So I'm sure I'm sure when he gets his contract, that's you sure about that. After he forced his way to get paid earlier than the team clearly wants to play to, to pay him. Right. He stomped his feet. He's held his breath in a social media sense. Then he's going to be happy. The funny thing is, is this is the guy in the building who is supposed to be one of the culture builders, right? This guy is one of the culture. He's an amazing player. He's their best player. But, you know, at the end of the day, if the Jets are going to be good, he's not going to be their most important player. So you pay Jamal. You give him, I don't know, 20 million, 18 million, whatever it is a year. What happens next year when Sam comes up next year and wants to get paid? Quarterback position, by all accounts, is far more important than any safety ever has been. 
And, it, you know, the Jets have a lot of young players who you hope are going to be good at some point. So what happens in a couple of years after that when Quinn and Williams wants to get paid or Makai Becton wants to get paid or somebody else? I'm assuming at some point the Jets are going to have other guys on the team that are going to outperform their rookie contracts. That's how you get to be a good team, getting players to outperform their contracts. Jamal is a sensational player. He has outperformed his deal. He deserves to get signed long term. But I think at this point, it's pretty clear he wants out. And it's really hard to envision any way right now that this ends with him here long term. Maybe the Jets completely just cave. But at this point in time, you'd have to say Jamal doesn't really have a whole lot of leverage. I mean, he can throw hissy fits online. But at the end of the day, Joe Douglas and the team holds all the cards. So for Jamal... It, I don't, I think it's pretty clear at this point he doesn't want to be here so much so that he's willing to take other situations over this one where he demands a contract here, but is willing to play other places for not a contract right away. But at the end of the day, the Jets, because of the situation in the NFL, hold all the cards. So Jamal really can't win unless the Jets want him to win, which would at this point seem like far more likely he gets dealt than a contract right now. But, of course, Jamal should be uh, used to unwinnable situations. After all, he's been on the Jets for three years. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. We'll get into the Jamal conversation coming up. Get your phone calls involved there. Joe Douglas is part of this. I keep hearing, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Joe Douglas. Wow, what a tough spot. He is in a no-win situation. What a tough spot for Joe Douglas. I keep hearing this. So we'll get into that, too, because I got a couple of thoughts on that. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. I am very I would just like to as a per, one person, just one voice in the, in the wilderness would like to say thank you to Jamal, because if we had to come on today, look, we have not had a shortage of topics to talk about with the covid stuff, with the baseball stuff, with the NBA's return. But it's always nice to have a fresh topic to get in there and the Jamal stuff has come along at a nice time because I can't continue to ram my head into the wall talking about the baseball situation considering it's as inept as it is but we'll continue with the Jamal stuff 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number before we get to the calls I did want to touch on Joe Douglas's part of this because not that he's first and foremost but obviously he's a major factor in this what does he do and I keep hearing it being presented from this idea. Oh my God, what an impossible situation. Do you trade your best player? Do you, do you just hang on? Do you just wait it out? Do you, do you cave, right? I mean, that has to be consider, a consideration, right? Do you cave to his demands? What else are you going to do? He's, he's being unreasonable in the situation, but what can you really do to, uh, to force his hand? Well, to me, as I said yesterday, this situation is bigger than just one player. To me, the question is how how good are you or how good do you think you're going to be? Is this the year that you break through and establish yourself, right? You're coming off 9 and 7. It it seemed like at the end of the year things felt a lot better than obviously the 1 and 7, but was that real? Was that just, you know, the product of of a, of a weak schedule? Or is this the year that you really break through? Maybe you win nine, ten games against, you know, a lot of people think is a difficult schedule. Or do you view the team in year two of this new regime, really, as still having a whole lot of work to do? Because if there is still a whole lot of work to do, is it really prudent 
to sign a safety to a contract somewhere in the range of 18, 19 million dollars. I think we kind of know the answer to that. And it is, there's still a lot to work or, you know, there's still a lot of work to do on the roster with the team. And I get the trading Jamal is littered with obstacles, right? You have to find an acceptable trade. You have the message that sends to the team, right? Here's this, everyone agrees. This is your best player and you're sending him, you know, packing because you don't want to pay him when, uh, you know, it's getting time for, for a second contract, even though he's still under contract right now. Then you have to, assuming you get a draft pick back, you got to pick the right player with that. You got to wait for him to develop all those things. It's littered with obstacles. That's what a general manager does. This is such a tough decision. Well, there's a reason you get paid the big bucks. There's a reason why you have a six-year contract. You know, it's all the decisions regarding the team are not going to be as easy as moving on from Luke Falk. Yeah, you're going to have to make some tough decisions once in a while. That's what a GM does. And the good news here is it's really not This is not going to be the most difficult decision that Joe Douglas has, mainly because he has all the cards. He holds all the cards. Whatever you want to do is going to happen. If you want to pay him, you can pay him. If you want to trade him, you can trade him. If you want to wait, you can wait. You can say something about it. You can say nothing about it. It's completely up to up to you. And one more thing, because I always see this written down as well as part of it. Well, you know, if the deal is right... Yeah, duh, if the deal is right. Obviously, if the deal is right. Nobody is saying if the deal is not right. Hey, you know what? Just trade him for a bag of balls and a pack of ring dings. Just pick up the phone. First person that calls and just say yes. Yes, obviously, if the deal is right. But this idea that Joe, du- oh my God, how's Joe Douglas going to do this? <laughs> it's not, it's not like he has been drafted into the position of Jets GM. He wanted the job. He, he knows what is entailed in the job. And this is all, this is, Dealing with the COVID stuff is something that you could not have predicted when you took the job. Okay, that's really hard. Trading a player or deciding to trade a player or a contract negotiation, this is all part of the reasonable part of being a uh, football GM. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's get some phone calls involved here as uh, we take you for the next couple of hours. We'll start things off with Ira in Staten Island. Ira, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's happening, Gordon? Been a long time, and hope everybody's happy and healthy and safe with your family. Hopefully, thanks, my man. Um, you know, you brought up Adams. You know, I look at it this way: I understand both sides of it. Okay, I understand Adams. I understand the Jet side. Jets have them on the contract. They don't have to do a thing right now. I just think the thing that annoys me is that he went public with it, and I get it. That's the only leverage he really had. It's just he went, you know, to demand a trade, which I kind of had a feeling he was going to play that card. It also shows you that, at least in my eyes, he's not a real, truly selfish. I think if he kept this behind closed doors and he went into the season, played the way he normally plays, I think they would have eventually extended him at some point during the upcoming year, you know, provided, you know, the pandemic allows it. But I think under all these situations, you know, you can't give a safety close to $20 million. It just, you can't do it. It's going to mess up your cap. And the cap may be going down next year, depending on what happens this year. So with that said, um, I think if he becomes a major disruption, I think they're going to end up moving him. I think this is going to be like a Trent Williams type of thing, potentially, where he maybe sits out 
He's really only got three and a half million dollars to lose, but then he could lose a year, you know, with his free agency. Right. Yeah. According I, to the CBA, he has to attack that right. year on. So to me, I just think I, I want, I would love to keep him. I think he's a really good player, but you know what? Um, he's not Ronnie Lott. He's not Ed Reed. He's not Troy Palamula. If you have to move him, you, you do what you have to do because I'm just afraid that he could ruin the season for them and, uh, and we're going to see how he acts come the summertime. But I, I think it will get uglier before we have a clearer picture of what's going to happen. Well, look, I, I think what, what is clear, Ira, is that there's really no uh, public avenue that he will not take to make his case, right? Like the, the idea that he is going to just sit back unhappy with the, the, the tone or, or the, uh, the direction of the talks or the speed of the talks, he's not going to sit back and say, you know what, I'll just play the good soldier and eventually things will get worked out. He has tipped his hand, and I think at this point it's pretty clear he would rather be off the Jets at this point, even if he's not going to get a contract from another team. So, I mean, I, that kind of tells you that he, he's, he's made his – it's kind of hard without him caving for him to kind of change his mind at this point. I, I agree, and probably the mistake the Jets made is last October when he wasn't talking to Gase and Douglas, and you know he just ended up talking to Chris Johnson, and they got that kind of somewhat smoothed out. But I don't think it's a kiss and make up. That's probably when they should have traded him at the at the trade deadline. Um, I get it. You know, you can make the argument both ways, but realistically, if they knew there was damage done and they knew that they really didn't want to put that type of money into a safety, they probably should have moved them back then. So as much as they want him on the team, you got to look at the team as a big picture. And, you know, between the money and what could potentially happen this summer, um, you know, if I got the right deal, I would move him. But, you know, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 and Ira, thanks for the call. I, you know, for anybody, if you get the right deal, sure. Uh, they might, you know, their their hand might be forced here to a certain extent because they just don't want to deal with the distraction. There's not really much that uh, Jamal can do outside of cause a distraction. But it's funny for for a guy who was talked about as, as being one of the people that's going to build the culture. I mean, if this is the, I'm not a big believer in culture. I think if you get good players and you you put them in position to win and you game plan right, those type of things kind of handle themselves. But for a guy who at least was looked at as one of the leaders of the team. To pay him now, at this point, right now, with the uncertainty, which is the first and foremost thing, and then also the way he's uh, he's acting, um, I, I think that uh, that would send a bad message. If you have any concerns at all about culture, what does that send to uh, to the other players on the team? Just be a great player, and then you can basically do or say publicly anything you want, and 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 throw a hissy fit on Instagram or Twitter. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Spencer in uh, Westchester. Spencer, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, how you doing? I'm good, man. What's going on? Uh, I was just wondering if you think that the Jets could potentially trade uh, Jamal Adams for wide receiver because uh, they're pretty light on on talent right now at skill positions. Yeah, I mean, well, I, it would have to depend. It's not just, it's not like going shopping, right? Where you just go down the aisle for wide receivers. It would kind of have to depend on, on what wide receiver and what team is involved, right? Like the name Michael Gallup has been uh, floated out there from time to time if the, if the deal with the Cowboys, you know, something along the lines of a first round pick from the Cowboys and, and Michael Gallup. Uh, that's, that's something that seems kind of intriguing. I don't know necessarily that, that, that would be something that, uh, is, is the top option. But yeah, I mean, look, there, there's a lot of uh, areas where the Jets can look. 
I don't think that it's going to be two first-round picks. I can tell you that. I know a lot of Jet fans are like, oh, just trade him for two first-round picks. That would be a mistake on whoever is trading the two first-round picks. I mean, it's very rare that you get any player. And the fact that Jamal wants a contract, now he could say he doesn't want a contract right this second for another team, but he's going to want another contract. He's going to want a contract from that other team at some point. And it's not like it's going to be like, well, you know what? I'll just take $12 million from you. No, he's still going to want to be the highest paid safety. He might not want to be the highest paid player in what other, whatever other team, but he's still going to have those contract demands. So that's another obstacle for Joe Douglas to, to kind of overcome. But, you know, that's the job of the GM. If you decide that you, you have no other option but to trade the guy, uh, you're going to have to find that. But, yeah, in terms of positions, yeah, wide receiver is one that the Jets certainly could use. But, you know, in Jamal's time with the Jets, they've won 16 games. It's not it's not like they're uh, over – there's not any position where they say, you know what, we're good there. We don't need any more – you know, obviously quarterback, you, you're set because you think, you know, Sam's going to be the guy. But, you know, you only play one quarterback. But other positions – it's not like the Jets, you know, corners won, pass rushers won, draft picks are certainly won. There's a lot of areas you could go if you, if you decide to make the, you know, make a trade for him. Gotcha. All right, Thanks, Spencer. Gordon. All right, man. Thanks for the call. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It is Gordon Damer filling in uh, on this Saturday morning, or this Saturday morning, this Saturday afternoon, this Father's Day weekend. And hopefully everybody's having a, a good weekend so far. It's beautiful outside. But if you have a small business trying to get the word out that you're still serving the community, you know what to do. Let us know. We've had over 350 local businesses reach out. We're still sharing their messages. Send an email to 987ESPN at gmail.com. Let us know your story so we can pass the word along to our listeners. Again, that's 987ESPN at gmail.com. Like Community, a cafe tea house in Long Island City, Queens, is open from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., uh, every day for takeout and delivery, they offer locally roasted coffee, 50-plus loose-leaf teas from around the world, and great foods such as their much-beloved breakfast sandwiches, the Bob and Green Bob, the scrumptious apple walnut chicken sandwich, and the ever-changing Buddha Bowls. Call 718-729-7708 to pre-order for pickup or order online for pickup or delivery through Postmates. Community in Long Island City, 718-729-7008. Call them today. All right, coming up, we'll get more of your uh, phone calls involved in the Jamal Adams situation. we got to focus on the baseball stuff with everything going on there. And I'm wondering, you know, we've all kind of gone through the stages at this point with baseball. Have we come to the stage of acceptance? Because I think that I think that I'm there. I don't know if everybody else is there as of yet, but we'll get into that too. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Uh, a little piece of news: Governor Cuomo now says that the Mets and Yankees will hold their spring training camps in New York rather than Florida. Obviously, part of that is the the numbers in Florida have been escalating, and um, so if there is a baseball season, I think that's kind of the the key there, right? Like we have to have a baseball season first before we're holding spring training. Uh, anywhere. But according to Governor Cuomo, if there is spring training, it will take for a place uh, for the Yankees and the Mets in summertime. So <laughs> it won't be spring training per, per se, but it'll take place in New York. All right. So Ty Butler, producer extraordinaire, huge, I thought, huge Jets fan. But, you know, as we're getting ready for the show yesterday, you know, a little back and forth. This is a reuniting because I've not been working on Saturday, so I've not been working with Ty. I've missed him. But Ty, I guess you're you're a much bigger Jamal Adams fan than the Jets fan. Like the Jets, they're secondary to you, as opposed to Jamal. No, who's no, first. no, no. You're all wrong. It is that 
as a fan, I have mm-hmm. the unique ability to to look at situations objectively. Like the fa- like sometimes the fandom gets in the way. How long has it been since we've not been working? Because this is a big change for you. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. <laughs> I believe the final Saturday we worked together was March 14th. It was the, okay. The, yeah, the so week. it's been a while. Yes, but you can beat like you you remove the emotion because obviously if well, if well, well, just, I'm, before I'm sorry to keep interrupting. You want me to remove the emotion? No, as a fan, like if oh, you're okay. a Jets fan. So I'm I the Jets fan. You know, maybe you should point that to Jamal. I mean, he's probably on some social media somewhere that he maybe could remove the which emotion, he has but, every right I'm to sorry, do. I, the, the idea that we're going to get all mad because he's on social media voicing his frustration is is weak. Guys, stop No, it. he's not voicing his frustration. He's saying it's time to move on from okay. the team because he didn't get his contract as quickly as he wants. When GMs cut players with years left on their contracts, it's yeah. labeled shrewd, right? Good right. roster management. But when a player right. asks for an extension, even though he's got years left, it's called selfish. The idea that Jamal Adams is selfish because he's frustrated. Well, he's tied. I know you don't listen to the show ridiculous. even though you're producing the show. I, pr- I brought this up in the open. It's not that it's, it's – yes, it's an, it's an unfair uh, – dynamic in the NFL between player and, and team, right? It's a it's double a standard, 50, 50, yes. Right. Abs- absolutely. If you want to have that conversation, okay, fine. But that's not really the conversation that we're having. It is the system that is in place. Now, if they want to change the system, I would be in agreement with you that, yes, that's an unfair system, especially for a sport as high contact and as injury prone as the NFL is, that players de- deserve to make every penny that they can. But it's the system that he signed up for. He's an NFL player. So to say that he just is, it's not a type of thing where every single year we are, everyone's operating on one year contracts. Has he exceeded his contract? Yes. Yes. But absolutely. that's the deal. Unfortunately, with the CBA, the Jets have him under team control for at least yeah, two more years. But it years. doesn't mean that he has to acquiesce to that. He can, he okay. can, well, then he can ask for a negotiate. He can right. ask he for can a contract make, to be he negotiated. Can make, he can, but see, that's the problem. He's not asking. He's not negotiating. He's demanding. He's demanding to be paid the highest, be the highest paid safety, the highest paid Jets player, and he wants it all right this second. And Gordon, if he doesn't get it right this second, he's saying it's time to move on. They're not entertaining a, con- a contract negotiation with him. He has a number, but like all all negotiations, obviously you can come down from that number. Here is what I would like to be paid. Once we involve ourselves in a negotiation, we will see where we're at. The Jets are not even entertaining this contract negotiation because no, they, they have are. all they, the leverage. They've had, they've had contract talks. It's just not happening as quickly. And given the situation with the world, it's a little difficult to operate without knowing what the cap is going to be, if there's going to be a season all those things are factors for Joe Douglas to, to make a decision on what he, how they're going to approach things. It's pretty clear that they don't want, they, they have no problem paying him around the ballpark of what he wants to be paid, but they're not going to break protocol and start paying him in the third year. And most teams, almost every team does not do that. He, de- he deserves his money and Jamal Adams is looking out for his Best Aaron Donald didn't get his money yes, in, the, in the time frame that Jamal Adams wants. No, almost nobody gets their money in the time frame that Jamal Adams is wanting his money. Yeah, but Jamal Adams. It's not an unreasonable also, thing if everyone else is doing the same thing. Jamal Jamal Adams also has the unique um, experience, if you will. Because his dad suffered a significant yeah, injury early in his career, time. so he Again, sees that everybody what, what in can the NFL happen. is 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 dealing with an injury concern. I get it. 
Which is why he should, he should get his money if he. So I'm, everybody, so everybody gets their money whenever they want it. No, but year you, two. Let's get the this, I, let's get the money in year two. You know what? Even though it's five years, let's no, just. No, but you can't. The operate. CBA doesn't allow for you to do that. I will never begrudge what, a player who for. Who cares what rules for are? Wanting who cares? To get his money. Let's just get it. Let's just start. But now you're being ridiculous. Team. I'm not. I'm being ridiculous. Yes. Oh, he's year the one two. No, this is we don't even two. know if there's going to be a season, and he's upset he's not getting his contract right now, and I'm being unreasonable. Well, let the NFL tell you they're going to get a season, and uh, you know, even though experts are saying they need to operate in a bubble city, they're like, nah, we're good. We think we we think we know what we're doing. But anyway, I, I'm never. Be- I, the reason why I'm taking his side is because I can never begrudge a player for wanting to get the money, especially when he's earned it. And I don't think you would argue that either. Like, is the the number maybe unreasonable? Sure. But that's what negotiations are for. That's, well, that's what negotiations are for. Unfortunately for him, he, he does not seem like he's conducting it as a negotiation. But because it that's a demand. But that's it what is a is, demand. He wants it right this second, despite all the other things that are going on. He wants a contract extension. No, no right. one's got, no one's no, going to be. Ty, we are all aware. We've been hearing for the last basically two, since he got drafted, it seems like we've been hearing about him wanting his new contract extension. We all get it. We all understand. At what point yeah. for you does the onus get put on the Jets? Because they did have a if decision it, to be. If, to, to make, if, Ty, they could have traded him. They could have traded him. Yes, they could have, and they could still, uh, because he's being completely unreasonable and has a history of being completely unreasonable. Why didn't they trade him when when it was most favorable for because them to do so? They don't want to trade him. They 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 want to pay him. They're just not going to operate on his timeline. They should have traded seems him. Pretty clear at this point, they want to pay him when. Really, it's through his fourth season, but I'm sure that if, you know, the importance to the team, how good of a player he is, how, how, how much he's, uh, you know, provided the team in terms of, of, of good play, they would be willing to, if, if, you know, the season gets taken place as is expected to do, no. and camps happen and all these things happen, once we get into the fourth year, I think that's a reasonable no. time. So here's the To thing. be demanding either, tr- either pay me right this second or it's time to move on because you have not paid me, despite all the other things that are going on, I think that that is a bit, uh, that is an unreasonable It, it only comes it. across as demanding because we are so far removed from the initial conversation where he asked for a contract extension, right. which he was not given. And if the team didn't right. plan of on giving not. him a contract, Nobody gets a contract team, going into your third if year. If the team didn't plan on giving him an extension, knowing that he wanted that, they should have just traded him they are the reasons no, why this is unfolding not, no, the way it is. No, the team holds all the uh, look. The situation is the situation, but the team holds all the cards. So they yes. should not be. They should not all of a sudden just start caving. Okay, so when they start to cave to him, then they can cave to Sam, and they can cave. It's to not every caving if you trade him. You should have traded him if you weren't. You didn't want to give him a contract extension. No, you bought the Jets. I mean, bought. Am this. I talking to myself here? Am I still on the air? He. They want to pay him. They don't want to trade him, but they're not just going to cave to him as soon as he has a demand. Yes, he wants to be paid right this second. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. All right, so, do, so deal with the malcontent in your locker room. 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's get some more phone calls involved. Let's go to uh, Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my man? Hey, how are you? What a treat to get you out on a, when the sunlight's out. Yes, very odd. It, it feels strange. Well, listen, you're a strange guy. I'm a strange guy. Happy Father's Day to you and your, Thank you, and your family. Enjoy every moment of it. And uh, listen, we talked about this yesterday. Jamal Adams, the timing is uncanny. It's just it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, so much going on. Nothing matters except him getting his contract. That's all that matters that, in his mind. 
counselor, you're 100% correct. I asked for an adjournment. That's there you, go. you You said it perfectly. I, I just, uh, I don't understand what goes through his mind. And when I spoke to you one morning this week, I told you that uh, I was giving the millennials so much credit for bringing social inequalities forward, and uh, he's a millennial, and uh, he just doesn't get it. Uh, and I also said, uh, for those who didn't hear it that, that early morning, uh, Jamal Adams should go and sit and have a few Sam Adams. I mean, What's he thinking of? At this point in time, first of all, they're not going to play. I, I can't for the life of me when the, when the doctors and the medical people of the NFL uh, go, uh, the Dr. Fauci, go sit down. We got it. I mean, it's so, where are they going to practice? You have 32 teams. Where are they going to get, you know, yeah, how long it, it is it does, it, Yeah, it does seem like uh, the, the pie in the sky. And, <laughs> and the last couple of days here, we've kind of had a little dose of reality again, Spike. And Spike, thanks for the call, man. Um, the, the idea that the, the football season, that the college football season, the NFL season is just going to be one of those things that, yeah, we're doing this. It doesn't matter what I know that a lot of people are operating it that way in, in terms of, uh, what they do now. Like it's, ah, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of COVID. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Okay. Well, you, you can do that. But, uh, the numbers, every time that that does kind of happen, we, we see what happens with the, with the numbers. So the idea that the NFL season, we know for sure, just because they say it, it's going to take place on time doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, I know he's largely viewed as uh, incompetent and all these type of things. It was just, what was it, last week that Rob Manfred was saying, or maybe two weeks ago now, 100% there's going to be a baseball season. And then five days later, well, you know what, I'm less, I'm less confident there's going to be a baseball season. We'll see. Football is still a long way away, but there's a lot of stuff that needs to go right. And it doesn't feel like... A whole lot of them have gone right so far, and that includes everything with the baseball yesterday, the camps getting shut down, and all that type of stuff. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to uh, Rocco in uh, Staten Island. Rocco. Hey, how you doing, Gordon? Uh, you know, it's funny, uh, this Jamal Adams, he, uh, he put himself in this predicament. Uh, he had all the momentum in the world in the Jets organization. Uh, you know, he loved Lita. Um, did everything right. Uh, this year, I think his production jumped off the charts because of Greg Williams. However, we can't afford to pay people who don't cover, who don't rush the passer. So all we saw. Well, he does. I mean, he does get after the core. I mean, he, he to say he's just simply a safety is unfair to Jamal. He plays linebacker. He does pass rushing. He does a lot of things. He's a modern day hybrid. Um, yeah. It absolutely, he's more of a low hole player, as you know, a box defender. Um, that just, this game is moved out where you see it's too much speed around the perimeter. I'd love to see him try and cover Tyreek Hill one-on-one. It won't happen. So let's match uh, offense for offense. Let's recuperate some receivers, maybe some draft picks, and uh, build around the kid Donald because he's clearly got the right frame of mind. He's hit a ton of adversity, um, and he's only shown to grow, and it's, Year three, second year in Adam Gase. I mean, I'd like a better offensive system, but I, I, I'll put my stock in Donald. So, Jamal Adams, the Jets fans, here's how we feel. You're either at the table or you're on the menu. Thank you, Gordon. Have a great Father's Day. All right, Rocco. I don't know what that meant. You're either on the table or you're on the menu. All right. Um, hey, this portion of the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN is brought to you by NYRA, tune in today for the 152nd running of the Belmont Stakes on NBC. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern. For all the latest Belmont Stakes news and coverage, visit Belmont Stakes. 
com. All right, more of your phone calls coming up. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. We got to get into the baseball stuff. Still a lot of stuff to do. We have to find a horse. We got to figure this out because I got to bet something today. It's been too long. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on ninety eight point seven ESPN. If you are ever going to accomplish something in your life and you haven't already started during the quarantine, it just means you're never going to do oh, it. Oh, that is a hundred percent true. I have that Belichick book. The Ian O'Connor oh, book, yes. which by all accounts is amazing, I have not cracked it. I have to throw it out. As good, I'm sure it's an amazing book. It's it's completely on me. It's not on Ian. It, it seems like it's a thick book. It, uh, the amount of details in it must be amazing. I haven't cracked it. I think I got it. It's been on my my night table, my nightstand, for probably three months. It's also time for you to unearth your hip side, the, the hip version of Gordon Damon, whatever that is. So when I play a song, that, now that's funny, and it's London on the track. Who is London? Is this that can't happen? Well, that's a bad London thing. is a person. London is the producer. You said yes. But. So I, I'm not completely wrong. Okay, I'll, I'll pray for you, my friend. Please, I can use. Look, who doesn't need a, a prayer here or there, right? All right, let's. You know what? We've been talking a little bit about the baseball. We talked about Jamal Adams. If you want to get in on that, one eight hundred nine one ninety ESPN, and we'll get back. We'll get back into it. I promise. But we're running out of time already. I mean, these two hours have uh, flown by, and we have not yet come up with the Gordon Damer Show official pick to win the Belmont Stakes. Now, I will be honest with you. I know next to nothing about horse racing. And the things that I know about horse racing are the things that everybody knows about horse racing. There's a horse, and there's a guy riding on the back. That's pretty much it. So we have to figure out a way, Ty, and I think you and I, who are always constantly battling, I think we should be able to figure out a way to come together. And if we can agree, you and I, who are coming from opposite ends of the spectrum at basically every sports conversation, I think that I can feel good about it. So let's, you know what, I'm going to, we had such success in the morning with the rewatchable movie bracket. And, and pairing movie up against movie, which one do you like better? Now, we can't do both poll questions because it's such a short uh, period of time. But we can argue back and forth about which horse. So let's let's pair them up, almost like a wrestling match. All right, let's do uh, it. And, and we'll go from, all right, so the, the first horse I have, I don't know if this, is the, if this is the guy that's on the rail, but the first I have is tap it to win, six to one odds. Let's pair him up against the number 10 pneumatic. I will, let me go first and say, I think I like tap it to win that matchup. Tap it to win almost sounds like something when you're playing PlayStation, right? You tap it to win. What do you like? Tap it to win or pneumatic? Yeah, I like tap it to win. Tap it to win sounds clutch. Like when the okay. moment arises, this, this won't be afraid of, of, you know, what the outcome is. And it's just going to do what it says. Tap it to win. How about All that? Right. So the, the second one, the second match, I will keep tap it to win. That won the first matchup. Sole Volante. Ooh, I like that name. That's very, uh, very uh, exotic. Uh, or Dr. Post. Dr. Post or, um, what did I say? Sole Volante. Which one do you like there? Uh, I'm going to go with Sole Volante because the last name has a nice little, uh, yeah, it has a nice it's ring. Chris. All right. Yep. So Sole Volante, Sole Volante and uh, Tap It to Win. Those are our two winners so far. Then we get Max Player and Jungle Runner. Wow, this is tough. Jungle Runner. I kind of like Jungle Runner, but he's not running in the jungle. <laughs> if the race was taking place in the jungle, but it's taking place at Belmont. Feels like to me Jungle Runner is out of his out of his out, out of his, his lane. Element. Yeah, yeah. 
So we go max player? Max player, especially because we're in the midst of baseball negotiations. They want the max. So it kind of reminds me of what's going on. Let's go with right. max player. Right. Jamal Adams is now going to be yes. riding max player. He just wants to associate <laughs> himself with anything where he can get a little bit more money. Uh, four, four left. 30 to 1 versus Farmington Road. My phone is ringing in my office. This is the first time this has happened because I'm, I'm usually up so early in the morning. Hold on. Let me shut off the phone. This is, this is embarrassing. Hold on. It's Jamal Adams. He's calling you to, to tell him to yes. stop, stop he's, ripping. He's already him. on the line telling me to shut up about talking about bad stuff about me. Try to get him um, on the air. That'd be a good interview. Tell him we're yeah, taking about be, 145. It would be amazing if he knew my number. There's very few people at the station who even know my number. I know your number. Yeah. Very few. Uh, all right. So where were we at? We are at we got, we got max, max player, got max right? Player, all right, yep. so we got four left. All right, so there's three horses left. So let's 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 lump them together. Okay. Modernist, Farmington Road, four left. Who do we like out of that? Oh, out you, of that, uh, Milan. You obviously have to go with modernist. Modernist, you think? Right, because there are some players, or in this case, horses who would have been great 30 years ago, mm-hmm. but just aren't equipped to win now. Modernist clearly is in that category because right. it's modern. I don't know if that is that true. Is there, I guess, yeah, I guess in terms of uh, the training and everything else, yeah. not that I know anything that goes into it. And people will say, you know what, Gordon, this is a really dumb way to find a horse. Well, look, this is sports talk radio. Dumb has never stopped us before, so we're going to continue on with it. Uh, so you like? Uh, I love modernist. modernist. Yep. As to be a uh, to someone to kind of come up with the ways to to, to help people out, uh, I'm going to agree with you, and I will go with modernist as well. Wow! So we got the four that we got right: yes. tap it to win, mm-hmm. sole volante, yep, max player, and modernist. All right, so the next round we'll go modernist against tap it to win, tap it to win, or modernist. Well. I'm not really all that crazy about modernist to begin with. I think it was the best of the, the three options, but I'm going to go tap it to win in the second, in the semifinals. Wait, Gordon, I think we made a mistake. We forgot That's one. It. Tis the law. Oh, tis the law. We did forget tis the law. Well, since we forgot tis the law, we'll put tis the law <laughs> first right round into by. the next round. First round by for tis the law. First round by for tis the law. Look, we didn't have any first round buys this year. Tis the law gets an automatic bid into the second round. And, um, all right, yeah, we were, I've already screwed this up. See, okay. I told you that not a lot of thought went into it. Tis the law, right? We got to get tis the law involved there. All right, so, um, all right, so we still have, I think we still have tap it to win advancing over modernist, right? Yes, because all tap right. it to win again, the clutch gene, it's, it's hard to get away from that. All right, so Sol Volante and Max Player, between those two, that the winner of this one will face tis the law. Mm. Because know. tis the law is the favorite, so they should get a little bit of a buy, right? They shouldn't just be lumped in with everybody else. All right. Let's go with that as a, a reason, even though it wasn't. I got to go with Sol Volante, to be honest. Sol Volante. All right, so Sol Volante advances past Max Player. So then we get Sol Volante versus tis the law. Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. When you when you look at names that stand out, like when you're a winner, you got to have like a great name, like Tiger right. Woods, Mike right. Tyson. Tis the law doesn't really do that for me, whereas no. Sol Volante, there's like a lot of energy in that. So I'm going to go with Sol Volante. All right. So I think I would agree with that. I, tis the law just doesn't work for me. And it's a favorite. You're not going to make any money on yeah. the favorite. Uh, so, all right. Sol Volante beats Tis the law. I think I would agree with that. So let's go tap it to win versus Sol Volante. Sol Volante is a very uh, fashionable name. But you know, at the end of the day, I think that the first, maybe it's first love, love at first sight, the first name that we mentioned. 
Tap it to win. I think I'm going to go tap it to win. Six to one odds. You get a little pay off that on that. And then you what also, do you like? You also have to think about the business that we're in, right? Like consider do whoever's I? broadcasting this. I just had a phone ring on the air. I don't know if, I, if I'm long for this business. <laughs> Consider the broadcaster who is going to give that final call, tap it to win for the or whatever. Down the stretch they come, and here it comes tap it to win for the win. Like that, that just sounds yeah. great. So I'm rooting for the broadcaster, which means I'm rooting for tap it to win. All right, yeah, I think I would agree with that. All right, so the Gordon Damer Show official Belmont Stakes pick. Luckily, someone reminded Ty because I completely missed it. Tis the law is. <laughs> In the race, considering it's the favorite, uh, but we're going with tap it to win. Can't go. I mean, who goes with the favorite, right? Like that, that's no way to approach life. You got to take some chances. And I did get a a, a nice little scouting report from uh, Nikki Hartman, who will be producing Anita's show after this. Okay, tap it to win, strong closer. So you got you go you got to like what you get from that standpoint. It's going to be flying to the end, and it's a good long shot bet. Not a lot of people are picking tap it to win. So well, I don't know what the the current odds are, but before the show, I saw six to yes. one. So it's it's not it's not that long of a. I mean, there's a couple of fifteen to ones. Uh, Jungle Runner is fifty to one. Four left is thirty to one. Tis the law is the overwhelming favorite at six to five. But it's not like um, it's not like tap it to win is that far of a, a, a that big of a long shot. So uh, I feel good about it. I feel, I feel good. good about it. I'll be putting up. And I put my money where my mouth is. So I will be, as soon as the show is over and I'm done answering all the phone calls here in the office, I will be putting my money down. I don't know what you're saying. I feel like this was a very scientific and effective way to, to pick out who's going to win this uh, Belmont Stakes event. It's today. as good as any, right? It, it's, it's as good as having the two dog treats and letting the dog decide. It's just as good as throwing a dart at a window. We decide, we, in the morning, we did, we broke down the baseball draft just based on the players' names. Which, again, sounds like a dumb way to, to, to fill out a scouting report. But, again, this is Sports Talk Radio. Dumb has never stopped us before. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN.